Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Money Wise radio program with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. We're so grateful for making us a part of your Sunday morning. And you know, the mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. Good morning, Ray. Good Sunday morning, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here with you, as it always is. Thank and good Sunday too. morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. We're going to talk today about good money habits, because having money is really a function of having good habits about money. Mm. And the converse is also true, which is you don't want to have bad money habits. So this morning, we're going to be talking about not only good money habits, but also bad money habits. And what about your children? What better time than when somebody is very young to think about establishing good money habits, things such as allowances and so forth. And the world is not all about money, but obviously it's what drives many, many people. So it's not really about discipline so much as it is if you simply can evolve a habit. We're going to talk about how you create habits. Right. Do you have habits, Phil, in your life? I do. In fact, I have really, really good money habits until I go shopping. Well, okay, then that takes a little bit of discipline as well as a habit. But you know there's a solution even for that, and we're going we're gonna to talk about Don't go that. shopping. No, you might think of having a list or doing some research ahead of time so you're not tempted to do uh, something just on impulse. And you might want to have an agreement with Celeste as an example that says, we don't either of us spend more than X amount of dollars unless we consult with the other. That's a good habit to have between the that husband and good. wife yeah. and a couple. Sure. So there are many, many things. We're going to start this morning, however, with a couple of quotations from some wise Greeks. Ah, those wise Greeks. You know, Phil, I've been thinking for a while that we should start calling you on your show in the morning, Dr. Phil, because you're the guy that dispenses really very good advice to a lot of people. Well, I get sued, so we could put the other in there, the, the other Dr. Phil. <laughs> or we could call you Dr. Phil Anthropist or something. <laughs> That's Some cute. tagline. That is <laughs> funny. Phil Anthropist. Oh, yeah. Well, this, this show is entirely unrehearsed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As you can see. And we do the best we can. So, <laughs> Phil, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is a quotation from a famous Greek philosopher. Mm-hmm. And he said, wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. Few wants. And his name began with an E. See if you know how to pronounce his name. Euripides? No, Epictetus. Oh, Epictetus is back. He's back, and he's (laughs) hard to pronounce as ever. (laughs) But here's, here's a more dry quotation from Aristotle. I'll give you this one. Money is a guarantee that we may have what we want in the future. Though we need nothing at the moment, it ensures the possibility of satisfying a new desire when it arises. That was Aristotle. Sort of like you going shopping when you think about it. That's right. You don't have a particular desire, but you've got a little money in your pocket, and you see something, and on impulse, you purchase it. That's right. So that's the worst way to go shopping. I got married that way, too. Um, Saw her, and boom! Boom! I'm not sure I want to go into that subject uh, too deeply, but um, we hope that Celeste doesn't listen to all of your shows. 
but you know, we great. have to joke and we have to have some fun, don't we, yes, in life? And uh, that's right. It was, in fact, Oliver Wendell Holmes who said, "Men do not quit playing because they grow old; they grow old because they quit playing." Oh, how nice! I like that. I like that too. Mm-hmm. That's a quotation about the elderly. That's probably why you and I both like it. <laughs> But we are here to talk about habits, and you know, one of the earliest quotations I could find about habits was from a Greek philosopher, and his name begins with an A, and he said, good habits formed at youth make all the difference. Oh, I agree with that. That was... Aristotle? That was Aristotle. Yeah, he was very smart. Yes. So even back in the time of Aristotle, which is several thousands <laughs> of years ago, yes. even then people were talking about habits. Sure. And I'm going to suggest to anyone listening today that the difference in having good money habits and bad money habits is the difference between being happy and successful financially and just the opposite, Mm -hmm. not having enough money. So it's not about discipline. Right. It's not about how much money you make because everybody makes money at a different level. Mm -hmm. It's really about the financial habits that you establish. So let's come back for a minute and just talk about habits in general before we talk about money habits in particular. Um, I have habits. I tend to get up at a particular hour every day. Uh, Usually I set my clock for 6 a.m. Sometimes if I need to do something different, I'll get up earlier. Um, And I find that once I establish that habit, I tend to wake up without the alarm. I wake Ah. up just before the alarm goes off, and then I shut it off. Mm -hmm. Um, I have habits at nighttime, and I today was thinking about establishing a new habit. So one of my habits at nighttime is... One of the last things I do at night is brush my teeth and floss. Flossing is very important. Mm -hmm. And then I go to sleep after that. And I do that every night, and I do that faithfully. Mm -hmm. And I do it in the morning. I don't always take the time during lunchtime to do that, but I'm going to try to make that a habit as well. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking one of my bad habits, this is true confession time on the radio, is I like sweets. I like dessert at night, whether it's a little ice cream. I try to have little as possible or uh, a few cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are bad habits. They, they're satisfying. But once you start doing that, then it becomes a habit. It's something you want to do every night. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about dinner at night without thinking about dessert right afterwards. <laughs> so that's a bad habit. Yeah. So I was just thinking um, as I was preparing for this show, that maybe what I should do is when I finish my regular meal at night, I should immediately go and brush my teeth. And then I won't think about having dessert afterwards because now my mouth is clean and fresh and I'm not going to want to go put something else else in my mouth again. Well, that makes sense. So I'm going to try that and see if I can establish a new habit of immediately as soon as I finish my meal, go brush my teeth and don't go for the dessert Yeah, and see what that that does. I think it'll work. Now, do you have good habits, Phil? I have all good habits. I don't have one bad habit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a religious experience here. <laughs> We're both going to confession. <laughs> I think you better. You for opening up and me for lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about habits in general, and then I want to talk about money habits, because if you don't make it a habit, you're never going to save money. You're never going to make money. Saving money is a habit. And I've said many times on this show that I've seen people with reasonably modest occupations who have accumulated well over a million dollars, 
by simply having the saving habit. Mm -hmm. And they started young, and they put money aside each and every single week. So let's talk about the power of habits in general. You know, one of the things that I've done in my past is I've gone to a program called Strategic Coach in Canada, which is all about establishing good habits and setting goals and things of that nature and having high expectations. One of their phrases is, always make your future bigger than your past. It would always continue to aim higher. And I'm suggesting we should do the same thing in habits, yeah. whether it's you know, losing weight, whether it's exercising more, whether it's saving money that we want to focus on. And the other phrase they use is progress, not perfection. Right. Work on improving. Don't ever expect to be perfect because none of us ever will. That's right. And so what they say is that progress in anything you do in life, whether it's exercise or weight or making money, is not really a function of how disciplined you are, but it's really a direct result of the goal-directed habits that you establish. So you have to have goals, and you have to make certain things, certain activities a habit. Right. So, I mean, every single person that we talk to, whether it's you or me, we're 100% disciplined right now. You're disciplined that you have to be at your radio show in the morning on time. Yes, absolutely. And so you make every effort to leave early and to be there on time. Yes. And once you have a habit, then it becomes part of your nature. It becomes natural to you. So it doesn't feel like it's good or bad or forced. It becomes something that's very natural. And in general, it takes a minimum of 21 days of doing something on a regular, steady basis, mm -hmm. very conscientiously, very consistently, to reinforce and establish a single habit. And the one thing I'm going to tell you that none of us should do is to say, all right, here's my goals, and so I've got, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. I'm going to get more sleep at night. I'm going to get eight hours of sleep every night. I'm going to brush my teeth three times a day. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to if you set yourself the goal of five or six things you're going to do all at once, you're not going to do any of them. So pick one thing. Pick a money habit, and there are many money habits you can choose. I'm going to say just focus on one. Maybe it's savings. Uh, a quick example might be um, Christmas Club. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if the banks still do it, but they used to have Christmas clubs. And the idea was just to get people into the regular habit of putting money aside each and every week. Sure. Five or ten dollars. And by the time you got to the end of the year, you'd have five hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars and you had your Christmas money. So that's a great little habit. Start that today. And you don't have to worry about getting down to December and suddenly pulling out the plastic credit cards because you've got mm -hmm. the money already put aside. That's a good idea for folks who have to pay taxes as well. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Put a little aside because at the end of the year, when if you have to pay, <laughs> it's very tough to come up with a big lump sum if you have to. Yes, it is. But in any event, when you're thinking about creating a new habit, Think of the fact that it's going to take about 21 days to have this regular repetitive activity become something that feels truly natural to you. Mm -hmm. And just pick one or pick two things, whether it's exercising. Say to yourself, I'm going to exercise 30 minutes each and every day. But it, it does become natural. Your brain will work internally to strengthen any kind of behavior that you have, whether it's a good behavior or a bad behavior. And... Uh, just pick one at a time. Yep. So let's talk about some good money habits. 
and how we can improve all of our own money lives. Uh, good money habit number one might be paying attention to details. Do you know how much money you spend every week? I've had people come in the office and they keep a little hardbound or spiral-bound notebook and they record each and every nickel that they wow. spend. If they buy a Coke for a dollar and a half, they record it. And that's maybe obsessive or even excessive and it's hard to do for most people. But you know what? They can show you exactly and they categorize it. And I've had people that do that. But think about where your money is being spent. Um, another good habit is buy for quality and not just for price. You can go to certain stores, I won't mention any names on the air, and you can buy something that's inexpensive and cheap and it won't last. Or you can buy something that might be a little higher quality and it will last longer. That's a good money habit. Mm -hmm. um, buy for price and not prestige. Don't go in a store and you see something that's the latest fashion and you gotta have it. Yeah. Um, buy something that might be less expensive and still just as well, still works just as well. Another important money habit is learn to wait. You have to have a little patience. Um, try not to use the plastic card. If you know you wanna buy something that's gonna cost you $50, wait until you can go out and pay for it in cash. And sometimes, and I've done this many times myself, I resist the impulse to buy something, and it's really hard to do in this country. We're bombarded constantly by marketing and advertising and sure. cars that spin around in circles at you know 60 miles an hour and look like a lot of fun. You know We don't drive like that. Why do they create ads like that? But we're marketed to constantly. So learn to wait, learn to resist. If you're thinking of getting something, um, then you might say to yourself, a week later, you know, I was going to get this, but I don't think I really need it. It's not so, it's something I might want, but I don't necessarily need it. Mm -hmm. Another really important habit, and we hear this from Susie Orman and so forth, is pay yourself first. Right. The most important thing you can do is to put money aside on a regular basis. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself before you pay regular bills and so forth. That becomes a habit. So if you do that, every week and saying, I'm gonna pay myself $25 a week, that money's gonna be put aside, that's money for the future, that's money for the savings. All right, I've done that, now the next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sit down and pay my bills. I'm gonna talk again about um, money habits. I have probably 15 different articles on good money habits, and if anybody wants a copy, by the way, just get in touch with uh, me at USA Wealth Group, call the office, We'll be happy to send you any of these articles on good saving money habits. Um, seven good money habits to start in 2015. Set goals. Obviously, goals are very important. What is your goal when you s decide to set a money habit? If your goal is, I want to save $1,000, write it down. If you don't write something down, it's not a goal. It's just a wish. Do you want to buy a new car this year? You're thinking of doing that. Well, you can finance cars today for no money down. You'll pay higher interest, but if you can put a thousand dollars down or two or three thousand dollars down, you'll have less interest to pay, and the monthly payment's going to be less. So save some money for a car. So if that's your goal, save money for a car. Write it down. Figure out how much money you want to save, and then pay yourself first. Start putting that money aside each and every week. Do you have a two-year-old child, and two years from now they're going to go to preschool? 
and that's going to cost you money and you want to start saving money for that, write it down. The most important thing I'm going to say today, and we've talked about this all the time, and there's so many commentators, you absolutely have to have a budget. If you don't have a budget, you have no idea what your income is in relationship to your expenses. And I would say that 2% of the people that I've ever met with have ever done a budget. Right. 2%. Yep. Most people just don't bother. You get busy. It takes a little time. It takes a little discipline. It has to become a habit to write down a budget. And then once you start to do that, and you let's say you even look at your budget every day for 21 days, mm-hmm. now you're going to be in the habit of looking at this budget, and it's going to make your brain start to think about where can I save some money? Where am I spending money? Where can I save some money? So a budget is uh, critically important. And again, uh, call my office at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to send you a free budget. You can get them on the computer. You can get them online. We have a simple one-page piece of paper. All the income is on one side. All the expenses are on the other. When you see that in writing, it's a very powerful thing because, as I say, it makes you think about everything. Uh, The next thing you do if you're going to create a budget is you have to track your spending. It doesn't have to be down to every little nickel and dime thing that you spend, but you've seen so many stories about, you know, skip the coffee shop in the morning where you spend three or four or five dollars for a mocha latte double dip, you know, extra shot of caffeine kind of a thing. Right. Um, You can spend a lot of money. You can spend 25 or 30 dollars a week on just your morning fancy cup of coffee. Multiply that times 50 weeks, and it's a lot of money. So um, same thing is true with things like smoking, of course, but that's good for your health as well. The next thing you want to do when you create a budget and start to track your expenses and what are you spending is uh, how much are you allocating for various spending category? So here's a rule of thumb. Maybe 30% of your total net income ought to go into housing and paying off debt. Maybe 26%, 25% will go for living expenses like food, clothing, transportation costs. Uh, 25% probably is going to go to taxes to support this country, our military, uh, social security, and everything else we pay into. Mm-hmm. Um, 15% of what you make ought to go into Two categories that are critically important and will make the most important difference in your life, and that's savings and retirement. So think about the magic number of 15% each and every week that ought to be allocated for retirement and for regular savings. And then probably 4% for insurance, whether it's health insurance or life insurance and so forth. But I want to just focus again and say some things you have to spend money on like your housing and paying down credit card debts, your normal living expenses, taxes you can't avoid. But think seriously about putting aside 15% for retirement and for savings. And the next thing you hear all the time, but it's really very true, and everybody says exactly the same thing, you need to have some money on hand for emergencies. So if you don't, if you don't have anything put aside, one habit you can say is, I'm going to put aside $20 a week Until I have $1,000, I've now got $1,000 for emergencies. Mm -hmm. And that's really for emergencies. That's not meant to say, great, I've got $1,000. I'm going to go out and spend something. Or you could also have a separate account, for example, for a vacation fund. You know, gee, I've never been on a cruise. I've always wanted to do that. If that's a goal, make that a goal and 
figure out what it's going to cost you and start saving the money. When you get the money saved up, then do it. So pay yourself first. Uh, very, very important. You know, we've had a lot of people from the ancient Greeks to the modern Greeks to people like Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin talked about an indirect uh, habit, which was early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I like that. That's a habit. Mm-hmm. Going to bed at a regular time, <coughs> getting up early at a regular time is a habit. And forget television. You know, there's, we all get seduced into watching television shows, and all the crime shows seem to be the same. <laughs> they always start out with a dead body on the ground and a pool of blood, and then, they're, you know, they're, some of them are really grotesque. Don't get seduced into watching that. Go to bed at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock and read for 30 minutes. Improve your mind. But uh, that's a habit that Ben Franklin talked about. So money habits. Um, what are your own personal money habits? How important is, is money in your life? What does it mean to you? What's stopping you from becoming financially free or not having the anxiety that you have about money? And the answer is habits. Mm -hmm. So again, money habit, get organized. You need a clear picture of your income and your expenses. You do that with a budget. And then the next thing you might want to do is, okay, you've done a budget. You know what your income is. You're going to start putting some money aside for retirement. By the way, if you work at a place where they can do deductions for you, it's really hard for most people to say, yep, I'm going to take a $20 bill out of my wallet and bring it to the bank and stick it in the bank. Um, if you have the ability to do a payroll deduction, that's a habit. But once you set that, it's like you can set it and forget it. You don't have to think about that again. Right. So if you can put aside money in a retirement account, um, here's a really important habit for retirement. If you have a company that has a 401k, and especially if they do any kind of a match for you, it's critically essential that you put aside and deduct from your paycheck enough money that you're going to get the match the company provides. Uh, you'd be amazed at how many people I see that don't do that. You know, the company's putting a match in, but, well, I haven't really gotten around to do that or I haven't put up the same amount of money. You're throwing money away if you don't put in enough money to get the company match. You may as well just, you know, throw dollar bills out the window. Yep. Um, so then think about how can you reduce your outgoings. There's an old expression, if you look after the pennies, the pounds will look after themselves, which mm -hmm. is the old English phrase. Mm -hmm. That probably came from Ben Franklin as well. But look at ways that you can save money and not spend as much money. Uh, dealing with debt. Uh, William Shakespeare once said, Neither a borrower nor a lender be. That came from Hamlet, by the way, if I remember. Um, I majored in English a long, long time ago. And that was uh, Polonius's wise advice to Laertes, his son. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, but to thine own self be true. I love it. Remember that? Yes, You've heard of those. Everybody's heard those phrases. Sure. But um, try not to lend money. Try not to be a borrower if you don't have to. Right. So schedule a time with yourself every day mm -hmm. to think about what am I doing to improve my financial life? If you're married, schedule some time once a week to sit down with your spouse 
and review your budget and talk about finances. And we'll even provide you some money rules for couples, whether you're just starting out in life getting married or whether you've been married for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you haven't had a money discussion, you need to do that. So we're going to have a further money discussion in just a couple more minutes. We're going to come right back after a break, and we're going to talk about how to create good money habits. We're going to talk about credit card debt and some other things. So stay tuned and come right back. We'll be with you in a moment. And we really appreciate you tuning in to the USA Wealth MoneyWise radio show on this Sunday morning, a very special Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, as we help you celebrate uh, this uh, Paschal uh, wonderful blessing. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening, especially on this Easter Sunday to the Money Wise Radio program. Remember, you know, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to protect your family and to protect your money. Nobody does it better than you don't have rabbit ears on, do you? No. Ray Lance. Rabbit ears? Rabbit of ears. USA Wealth Group. The uh, really uh, a wonderful author of Common Sense. And later on today, when the kids are in the backyard with their Easter eggs, Maybe uh, we can put some money in their Easter eggs. I know we do that with our children. Do you really? Sure. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And we've done the same thing. We have four grandchildren now. And uh, Tenny has been busy putting together Easter baskets. We use oh, the, the little plastic. There's candy in there. And there's the little plastic eggs that you put things in. Yeah. And yeah. I've always put, you know, some spare change and things oh, in the little eggs. you betcha. And they love them. And I make them share them and split them up afterwards, though. Well, we hide them. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's so beautiful to see the kids going around with their Easter baskets, trying to find them in the backyard. It is so beautiful. Yeah, and the good news is the snow is gone this year, so we can do that. What a winter we've had. Otherwise, we could just throw them out in the snow and say, see you in the spring. (laughs) Easter couldn't have come fast enough. By the way, uh, collectively, we also uh, want to say good morning to all of our Jewish community who've just celebrated a blessed Passover to everyone, all the blessings in the world from USA Wealth Group. Yes, and uh, we do appreciate that. So welcome back. We're talking this morning about good money habits. Life is a habit in so many ways. We do the same thing. If we come home at night, we tend to put our car keys in a certain place. That becomes a habit. Why? Because we don't have to think about where to look for them in the morning. They're always in the same spot. Um, I like to try to do at least 30 minutes of exercise every day, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a struggle. I don't always get enough sleep. I don't always yeah. go to bed the same time, but that's, right. that's a bad habit of mine. I keep thinking I have to try to do one more thing. But having good habits is critically important for your finances. If you want to retire and have a comfortable, normal kind of a retirement, you need to have a habit of having saved money and put aside money to do that. And great wealth is not really a product of necessarily making a lot of money. It's really a question of having good savings habits and putting money aside. So I have to give you a funny little quotation, Phil. And this is... This doesn't really have anything really to do with the show. I guess indirectly it does when you think about habits. This is from Kinky Friedman, (laughs) who wrote, We are all worm bait waiting to happen. It's what you do while you wait that matters. 
So if you think about that for a minute. If you have good habits, you're going to have a good time. And there's also a, a lady named uh, Barbara Kingsolver, a writer who talked a little bit about habits. She said, quit smoking and observe posted speed limits. This will improve your odds of getting old enough to be wise. So there are indirectly some thoughts about habits. But habits go back a long time, and discussion about it does. Even Confucius, famous mm-hmm. Chinese philosopher, wrote, the nature of man is always the same. It's their habits that separate them. Interesting. So think about that when you think about people that you see who have done a good job in raising children, saving money, whatever it happens to be, and those who have not. It's not their discipline. It's not even necessarily their lifestyle. Uh, indirectly, it is. It's the habits that they have established that will make a difference. So here's some more good money habits. Schedule your money minute. Have a conversation with yourself every day. Maybe just ask yourself this question every morning. What am I doing today that will improve my financial position? Mm. What can I do? And as I said, it's very important if you're married, don't go your separate ways on finances. It has to be a collaborative effort. You have to sit down and say, let's have a money conversation. You know, we've never done this. We've been married for 20 years or 10 years or 50 years or 30 years, but maybe it's time we started to have a money conversation. You don't spend any amount of money over, pick a number, $200, unless you agree on what this is going to be. Maybe you have an allowance that you each have each week. And you can say, well, I can spend $25 a week on whatever I choose to as you know, my personal needs. Or pick a number, $50, whatever it happens to be. Right. And if we're going to do anything more than that, we have to talk about it. Have a conversation with your spouse about what are we doing to help pay for education for children or for grandchildren? Or what are we going to do that will allow us to create more money for retirement? And if you are 50 years of age, you're going to have to put more money aside to accomplish that. But again, if you started very early from your very first job, let's say right out of school, whether it's vocational school, high school, college, and your first habit is, I've got my first job, great. Don't go out and celebrate and take all your friends out. Mm -hmm. Take some money out of your first paycheck and put it aside and start the habit of savings. And if you do it automatically because you have the ability to have something deducted from a paycheck. And adopt a spending mantra also. Um, Make it a habit to say, um, I'm only going to spend X number of dollars a week. Um, I've used the example of um, my son Peter. His wife is excellent at managing the family finances. And she does that. She takes care of the savings. She takes care of everything. And then they've agreed that, for example, they'll each have a certain amount of money to spend, and that's all they spend on personal needs. They need more money than that to to buy something. They sit down and they discuss it and decide whether it's important. So think about what is the threshold amount, if you're married, uh, that you don't want to go over and spend. If you can establish that as a habit to talk about it, uh, you're going to be very successful financially. If you have a money goal... And let's say I want to make $50,000 a year by the time I'm 30. Share that goal with somebody. And when you do that, 
it sets a pattern in your brain that that's now something that you're working towards. So if you share a particular financial goal with somebody, write it down yourself first and then share it with a friend. Um, people are 33% more likely to achieve that goal. And even people like Richard Branson, who owns Virgin Airlines, he's a multi-billionaire. I met him. Have you met him? Met him, his wife, and his granddaughter. Hmm. He's always struck me as being a really fascinating man. But you know what he's done? He's always had very high goals. Mm -hmm. He sets his goals, and then when you set a goal in your mind, and again, you have to write it down, then your brain starts to work towards how you're going to accomplish that. And you start working both consciously and subconsciously towards achieving that. Watch out for overspending. Overspending is the biggest problem that most people had. have. It's, it's, it's just too tempting. Uh, freeze your credit cards. We've actually talked about this on the show before. Right. If you are tempted to spend credit cards, don't cut them up because that ruins your credit score. Uh, take one card that you might need to use for emergencies, and if you've got three or four other cards, mm -hmm. put them in a little plastic container, fill it with ice, stick it in your freezer. Right. It's exactly. much more difficult to get at, and mentally and physically, you are freezing those cards. Sure, sure. And if you have a credit card, by the way, one of the worst things you can do is don't pay just the minimum. Right. If you pay just the minimum, the average length of time it will take you to pay off your credit card is about 17 years. Ooh. So if you put nothing more on your credit card. <laughs> so, so how do we get out of credit card debt? Let's talk about that for a minute. This is a good money habit. Yeah. Let's say you've got five credit cards. Mm -hmm. And yes, you'd like to get them paid off because you're going to be paying outrageous amounts of interest on them. Okay. It might not be a bad idea to take the credit card with the smallest balance that you've got and put some extra money aside and pay that one off first. Well, why would you pay off the smallest one instead of the biggest one? couple of reasons. First of all, psychologically, it's a trick for yourself. Sure. Once you now have paid off that smaller card, you can say, look what I've done. I, I no longer owe this particular store card or this particular credit card any money. I've paid off the credit card. It makes you feel good. Sure, of course it does. And um, then work on your next largest card. But the most important thing is try not to use it in the first place. If you do charge something in your card, try to be in a position where at the end of the month you're going to pay it off in full. That will keep you from accumulating. But if you already have credit card debt and you want to get out of credit card debt, pay off your smallest one first, then work on the next one. In the meantime, for all of your other cards, don't pay just the minimum. Right. Pay a little something extra. Uh, so you're playing a little uh, head game when yourself. You know, you don't drown by falling in the water ladies and gentlemen, you drown by staying there. Aha, uh -huh. I like that. So you've got, a, that was a gentleman named Edwin Lewis Cole said that. You don't drown by falling in the water, you drown by staying there. Mm -hmm. So do something. Write down your goals, write down your little action plan, and if you have any questions how to do it, we can help you. Mm -hmm. How badly do you want to be out of debt? Uh, most hardworking people get into debt because they've simply made mistakes. And I work with a lot of these people. Um, sometimes you have people who are simply lazy. Are you willing to get another job and work a few extra hours and use the extra money to get out of debt? That's right. another solution. But the important thing is you've got to take some action. We don't drown by 
falling in the water. We drown by staying there. You've got to make mm. some changes in your life. And um, if you make good habits, they will make you. And that's a gentleman named Parks Cousins who said that. And then my last quotation, I think, yeah. on the subject of habits is from Mark Twain. And he was kind of a, a wise guy, if you think about it. He was a humorist. He was very smart. A very bright man. He said, nothing so needs reforming as other people's habits. Well, it's interesting he should write that because one of his worst habits... Spending money. <laughs> spending money. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Maybe he wrote that after he spent his money. He made a lot of money. He was very successful with his first books, you know, Mark Twain and Huckleberry Finn. He was, he was a celebrity. He was as well-known a celebrity in this country during his day when he was writing in the middle of the 1800s as rock stars or the president is today. He was so well-known. His face was known. His picture was known. And then he got into trouble, yep. and he lost a lot of money, and late in life he went back out on the writing circuit again and on the lecture circuit, and then he became a humorist. He did regain um, much of his income and much of his fortune. Thanks to Mr. Huddleston, locally in Fairhaven. Yes, absolutely. Henry Huddleston, Henry Rogers Huddleston, or was mm-hmm. it Henry? Yes. Right. Henry Rogers Huddleston was a great benefactor to Mark Twain. Actually helped him set up budgets and taught him how to do what you are instructing us to do. Yes, I guess you could call me the Mark Twain of Dartmouth in New Bedford. No, Mr. <laughs> Huddleston is Mr. Huddleston. you would be. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, the unfortunate thing about this world is that good habits are so much easier to give up than the bad ones. That was right. Somerset Mom that said that. So let's talk about money, your money, and again, some ways that we can... Do things that are going to be helpful to children, for example. How do you teach children to have good money habits? One of the things that we neglect to do in this country, and I talk about it periodically, is we ought to teach children from very young age in school as part of the curriculum, make it part of a health course if they still do health courses, teach them about money. We, we get kids out of high school, out of college today, they don't have a clue about money. You know what happens? I can remember even back when I graduated from college, I can remember right around graduation time, there were tables set up in the cafeteria, and they had credit card companies. And you could go over, and because you were about to graduate from college, they let you sign an application to give you a credit card. Mm -hmm. So right from that point in time, you could walk out with several credit cards. I'm not sure if they still do that anymore. They do. Do they still do that? Sure. But we don't teach good money habits. So They give you a T-shirt as well as the credit card. Hmm. <laughs> well, you'd be better to wear the T-shirt and <laughs> put the credit card away. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we need to teach children good money habits. It can start as uh, early as allowances. Uh, don't ever argue if you're a husband and wife in front of the children about money. Uh, that's just negative instruction about money. You don't want to have those kinds of discussions in front of children. Right. But... Even very small children will see how you are handling money. They'll see whether you're pulling out a credit card to pay for something, and then later they're going to want to borrow the credit card. Right. Um, if you show them how you can pay for cash, you could show them that when you keep the, elect- the uh, refrigerator door open, for example, it's using electricity, and then maybe you show them what the electric bill looks like. Yeah. And every time they waste electricity, 
it costs more money to pay the electric bill. So if you teach them those things, it can teach them some responsibilities. Don't broadcast financial difficulties or money disagreements. Certainly don't argue with children. Um, make your kids earn some money. There's, there's pros and cons about allowances and whether allowances should be given just to have money to spend, which is what most commentators seem to indicate. Give children an allowance, and it's not necessarily for everybody, but maybe how do you decide when to increase an allowance for a child as a habit? Do they have to come and ask you for an increase in allowance, or do you just suddenly feel generous someday and say, well, I'm going to increase your allowance. Use their birthday, use their age, and then use a multiple. So let's use the example of a dollar because it's easier. Maybe you start an allowance at age five. Say you're five years old, so I'm going to give you an allowance of $5 a week. When you become six, it will be $6 a week. When you're seven, it will be $7 a week. Or, if that's too expensive, multiply that age times 50 cents. You're five years old, you're going to get 50 cents for every, eight, every year that you are old, you're going to get $2.50. You can do whatever you want to with it. And what you might want to do is have three jars. And one jar you're going to put money in, and that's money you're going to go to the candy store or do whatever you want to with it. The second jar is money you're going to save until you can get something that's bigger. You want to get... Well, I, I was going to use the example of a bicycle, but kids get bicycles as gifts routinely anyways, but something like that. Maybe right. they want a new video game. Mm -hmm. So the money for the video game you're going to pay for, and it's going to cost you $20, you put money in that second jar that you're going to save, and when you have that money saved, we'll go with you and help you buy that. The third jar might be money that you want to share with somebody else. Mm -hmm. You want to give to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if you do that... Um, it teaches the children the responsibility of sharing with others and giving, but it teaches them some lessons. And then if you've got projects that you want them to work on, so you don't necessarily assign chores uh, in exchange for the allowance, but they should be part taught that not for money, they're part of a family, they're part of a team, and they should have certain things that they need to do every week. Um, we didn't have dishwashers when I was a kid, and um, one cleared the table, Mm. Um, one washed the dishes, one dried the dishes, and one put money put them away. Right. But we shared in that tasks. My mother did not have to wash dishes. She did all the cooking. Sure. So teach the children that. But show buying behavior. If you're going shopping with a child in a carriage, show them what you're getting, why you're getting one thing versus another thing. But you're teaching them to discriminate and to look at how to make decisions. Same thing with teenagers. Teenagers is a little bit of a different discussion, but... Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a 13-year-old and you're doing a dollar a week allowance, that's a $13 a week allowance. That's not a bad allowance or 50 cents or whatever it happens to be. But have a money talk. We don't teach it in school the way we ought to teach it. Sit down. If you're going to talk with your spouse, sit down and talk with your children as well. I had people in my office last week talking about doing some financial work for them. And we tried to estimate what the value of all their assets were. And these are people that were both over the age of 90. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is an unusual case wow. because they were worth $3 million. Wow. They have adult children, four of them. They're all in their 60s. Mm -hmm. And their adult children periodically give money and buy things for the older parents at, in, who are in their 90s. 
because the parents live modestly and the kids have no clue at all about how much money the parents have. And I said, have you ever thought of sharing this information with them so that they don't feel like they have to keep giving gifts and things to you to help you out? Well, no, not really. <laughs> and I said, well, how about the fact that you're going to have to pay some estate taxes when you die? Does that bother you? Oh, we don't want to do that. Well, then, have you thought about maybe taking some of your funds and putting them over into the children's name so you can reduce your estate and not have to pay taxes? He said, yeah, we could do that. And I said, well, why don't we set up a family conference? And at that point, maybe you ought to disclose with your children what the size of your estate is. And uh, so anyways, a meeting was set up to accomplish that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. But people, I mean, in New England, we're reserved, we're conservative. We don't share information. Um, by the way, when you're talking about teenagers and you want to teach them money habits, don't give them a credit card. Give them a debit card with a prepaid amount of money in there. And so they can be taught to use the card, but they also know that it has a defined limit. If they go to pay for something that's over the limit, mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to do it. So a debit card with a prepaid limit can be a good teaching tool also. But... We all deserve more in life, whether it's good health, whether it's long life, whether it's old age, whether it's freedom from anxiety about funds. And the way we're going to accomplish that at any age, at any stage in life, is by having good money habits. Yeah. And the money habits will be different at one age compared to another. I'm seeing uh, clients that I'm advising financially all the time that I'm suggesting this is a good time to go out and refinance your mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, I see clients that will still have a 5% interest mortgage, but they're, they're making extra payments every month. And they think, well, I'm doing it that way. Well, why don't you go out in the meantime and refinance the loan sure. and get down to a 3% interest mm -hmm. rate? And boy, you're saving a lot of actual interest out of pocket. Right. So make some plans, and most importantly, make some good habits. Because it's not enough to say, oh, no, I'm disciplined. I can go in the store and I can not spend money unless it's something I really need. If that's true, then make sure that's a habit. So here's a habit when you go shopping. Okay. Have a list. How many people I want to go grocery shopping? And they say, oh, no, it's all in my head. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, oh, gee, I'd like to have that. Oh, I'm, I think we're out of that as well. I'm going to buy that. Have a list when you go grocery shopping. You're only going to buy what you need. You're not going to overspend. Uh, make a master list. 70% um, of all shoppers interviewed, 70% admit that they do impulse purchasing in the last 30 days. Mm -hmm. We have to do it. Yeah. We, we're taught to do this on television, sure. magazines, yeah. radio. Radio? Radio. <laughs> I mean, it, we're constantly told to go out and spend money. That's called marketing. It's called advertising. But have a list. Yeah. If you need to get a particular tool, write it down exactly what you need. If you're going to go to the hardware store and you want a tool and you need some light bulbs, okay, write it down. Get only that and walk out of the store. Don't go cruising up and down every single aisle and say, that's interesting. I think I'll get <laughs> one of these today. And we're all going to slip. Even if you have that as a good right. habit, we're all going to slip. You're going to walk by and somebody's going to push something in your face. Um you know, it's sort of like eating cookies at night, Phil, when you think <laughs> about it. If you eat a single cookie, uh, you're not going to wake up the following morning overweight or fat. 
Um, but if you have more than one cookie yes. and you make that a regular bad habit, yeah. then you will have a weight issue. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, with all the chocolate we're going to have today between the chocolate bunnies and all of the Easter goodies, I think I'm going to be off my budget and off my diet. Well, you know, it's a tough one. It's, I mean, if you think of Halloween, for example, and you buy some Halloween candy and you don't have enough kids come to your house, what, what do you do with all the extra candy? Yes, we eat it. <laughs> well, I, I take a couple of pieces for myself and I take all the rest of it. <laughs> I bring it in the office, and I let everybody else have at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, build a buffer, you know, whether you're thinking of having more than one cookie. Um, it, it's sort of like buying something. You know, don't buy three things if you need only one things. Right. But we've got a lot of good tools. We've got a lot of good articles on creating a budget. We've got actual budget forms. We're happy to provide these things to you with no obligation. Um, call USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. Let us share some information about good money habits with you. Mm -hmm. And one of the bad habits you can have is procrastination. So don't put it off. Do something. Um, nobody drowned by falling in the water. They drowned by staying in the water. Do something to change your life. Let's have some good money habits for southeastern Massachusetts, and we will look forward to talking to you about some other topics next week at the same time. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, most especially, a happy Easter and a blessed Passover to all. We uh, wish Paschal blessings to everyone listening, and we thank you for making Money Wise Radio a part of your Sunday morning. And remember, since none of us can be an expert at everything, let the professionals at USA Wealth Group help you protect your family and protect your money. Folks, let their family protect your family. And until next Sunday morning, we hope that you have a wonderful and safe week. And have a blessed, wonderful day.